Hey, it's Madison, the Black Eagle, and here's a highlight from today's show. Dick Gregory. Can you imagine a Jew finding out that a major bridge in Nazi Germany where something happened to Jews named after a, 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 a thug, general, Nazi, hooked up to own kind of filth, and there's a debate about it. We all go on and debate if you want. It don't make no difference. It, 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 the, the thing is, one, just the viciously that even when you know about it, you say, keep it the yeah. same. Yeah. <laughs> keep it the same. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I, see, you guys think I'm crazy when I was talking about changing the name of that bridge. Where y'all think I get this from? I get it from my, I so miss him. Christian Gregory. Dr. All right, all right. All right, all right, man. (laughs) We're going to spend some time together. Let's do it, Joe. Let's 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 do do it, it. my dear brother. Um, I have the book in my hand, and I'm all over it. I'm I'm not one of these from page one to, I you know, I I go into it and say, oh, let me look at this. Martin, April 4th, 1968, Martin Luther King Jr. was shot and killed while standing on the balcony of the Lorraine Motel. And Dick Gregory, first paragraph, I was in the state of California campaigning for the presidency of the United States and lecturing at various colleges early in 1968. I had become a write-in candidate for the nation's highest office with Mark Lane as my running mate. At a little after 4 p.m. that day, April 4th, California time, I was driving with a friend to Hartdale College where I was scheduled to deliver a lecture. Our conversation was interrupted by a radio bulletin. Martin Luther King had been shot in Memphis, and then he goes on. I began to remember Martin clearly, vividly. I remembered his sweet innocence, his warm, gentle smile. Let me stop there. That is the voice of Dick Gregory, correct? Absolutely. Correct. Absolutely. These are direct transcriptions. And you hit the nail on the head, Joe. We <clears throat> we have the the three M's, as I'm calling it, tragically. Uh, uh, Martin, Medgar, and Malcolm. Um, we have that type of feedback of Dick Gregory in his own words um, in the moment. So this is not a... This was not an 80-year-old Dick Gregory reflecting back. These are transcripts from in the time, boots on the ground. Um, most of the book, at least the first two sections, were from 1962 when my dad was, you know, as he would say, dumping out his mind into recording devices for his original autobiography. So we, are, we were able, we had a treasure trove, almost an embarrassment of riches of content to whittle down, to put into the essential Dick Gregory and what you, how you described how you're engaging with the book is exactly what we intended, not necessarily from folks to pick it up and read it, and that's fine to do that, but it's broken into micro sections because we're trying to cram, or we did cram, 84 years of living into 272 pages, and it's just, it's chock full of information, 
tragedy, laughter, but the overarching theme is love. And, you know, as Pop would say when he saw you, JoJo, you know, when Pop's had a lot of love for you, said your name twice. And so, you know, this is that JoJo energy, Dick Gregory just on high frequency, reflecting back and then also displaying from the moment. So we have the overarching lifetime of Dick Gregory put into this one um, incredible, um, you know, almost anthology uh, of the man's life. And what a blessing. Here we are on his 90th birthday. birthday today, birthday, yeah. Pop. Yeah, it would have been the 90th <laughs> birthday. You know, this is the, the and, 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 I, and we're going to, Christian and I, you know, we, 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 we're, we're going to be real in our discussion. Um, Always. Because there are a lot of times, uh, as he said, <laughs> Pops would, <laughs> he would be saying stuff, and we kind of, Christian and I would look at each other and say, oh, okay. <laughs> but, yeah. but, but you know, it's like, you know, your father say something to you and, you know, whatever. But, but you know, you, we often would say privately and maybe and jokingly, um, and some people, you know, just would say it. You know, man, Dick is crazy. And, 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 um, but then, and I don't mean that clinically, you know, it, it, would, course, it would say things that none of us have ever heard. And then <laughs> when I read through this book, I found out something that is going on now in 2022. Hell, Dick was telling you and me and others about it, in, in, you know, 30 years ago. And and it's Absolutely. in and it's in writing, it's in and it's in in his words. And people say, "Well, he wasn't as crazy as we thought." Crazy like a fox. And many times, Joe, and you know this, people who are truly forward leaning are viewed as crazy because the rest of us, as my sister Ayana very eloquently said in her beautiful song, "The world hasn't caught up with you yet." Yes, and it's just spot on accurate. The and in you know in the five years since my dad's transition and pouring through just copious amounts of 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 of, of transcripts and realizing that so much of what I thought he said kind of key to the moment reflex was things he's been saying to your point for sixty years these things had an origin so it was profound when he said it in the twenties but he had been saying it since the sixties and just no one was listening. Or, like many times, you know, there was a long time I was still just a, you know, a knucklehead son that, you know, just because it was Pop saying right, it, right, know, right. I'm tuning it out. <laughs> just because, you know, I don't want to hear anything Pop has to say. But it all was stored in the frontal lobe, and it's such a joy to be able to have total recall, go back and dial up those memories now and say, wow, what a visionary. And that's what vision is. I mean, right. vision has nothing to do with sight. Yeah, physical sight. It has to do with understanding and what a visionary and just, you know, what a blessing. And, you know, for those of us who, you know, really knew Dick Gregory to the point you were making earlier, you know, this is this book just scratches the, the surface. I mean, oh, there's yeah. so much depth. We could do another 10 books. Oh, we have yeah. enough material for it. 
but it's uh, to really know the man. The goal here, and that's why we called it the essential, yeah. was to give you, for someone who didn't know or never heard of Dick Gregory, this is a good entry level. Not that we candy coat anything, but this is an entry level to understand the totality of the man, to accompany the, auto, the documentaries, accompany the biopics, accompany all of the social media content, someone just to bring all the context together and allow people to see it in one volume. Yeah. So it's an honor on his 90th to give this gift to the world, Joe. The collection of thoughts, many provocative, uh, you know, uh, but let me let me ask you this, and I imagine you'll get this question a hundred times. For one, how, how many documents... Uh, and maybe I'll ask it in terms of days or months, uh, did you have to go through uh, to to end up with the the essential Dick Gregory? And, and then was there anything, piggyback, was there anything that surprised you as uh, Dick Gregory's son? Um, so, yes, and... Um... Uh, a copious amount. So let me break down what that means. It took uh, my wife, Melissa, and I, who you know well, it took us five years to whittle this down. Our floor was covered with documents and post-its and year signs as we were trying to just wrap our arms around this massive, you know, redwood tree. And it take, you know, we say it takes a village a lot, and sometimes we kind of discount that, but it really did from the from Harper Collins imprint Amistad to uh, um, Regina Brooks, who's the the estate's um, literary agent, to Ed Schmidt, who is a Dick Gregory biographer. Um, there was about twenty of us that worked just you know untold hours to whittle this. That was hard. To, originally, it was over two hundred thousand words, and the the contract for the book had it at eighty thousand words. And every word we removed was like a dagger because I knew each one of them meant so much to me personally, but we also had to be reasonable about what we could expect. Same thing happened with the documentary. The documentary, the one and only Dick Gregory, was about four hours at first. Same thing happened with Turn Me Loose to Play with Joe Morton. It was eight hours at first. The wow. Man's life so An eight-hour play. <laughs> An eight-hour play, which is something Dick Gregory would, would He would have done. And, <laughs> he would have done, but he, he would have smacked someone else for doing it. The uh, uh, and, and, Joe, I must say this. I must say this. The other Joe, Joe Morton, um, read the audio book. So okay. the, 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 the narration for the Essential Dick Gregory audio book is the one and only Joe Morton. And we listened to it driving up to New York for the event at the Schomburg last night. And I still have goosebumps. You know, I mean, the, and, I'm glad it's an, and I'm glad it's an audio book because a lot of drivers out there, people in transportation, that's how they enjoy uh, they, they enjoy Absolutely. books. I'm a big audio book fan. Uh, As am I. Yeah, I. I and, and now, now, what what surprise? I mean, when all this you're telling us, all the five years and all this, um, you know, really, and I and it may be a difficult question, and it may no, it certainly may not just be question. one thing. It, 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 there's a there was a multitude of things, but what it what surprised me the most. And, you know, 25 years in healthcare, dealing with folks in pain as a chiropractor, people open up to you when they're in pain. So I've had a lot of high-level conversations about people in their lives and very successful people. 
the pillars, the foundational pillars that were of the man Dick Gregory were instilled in him at a very young age. I mean, we, 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 we hear the things, and they almost sound reflective, love, lovable and being loving, loving and lovable. Fear and God can't occupy the same space. These were things that his mother was saying to him as a very young child, struggling, you know, um, um, I mean, starving, basically, not food insecurity, but food not there, starving for days on end. And his, the way he was able to explain how hunger became his best friend, um, the mm. silver linings and being able to turn something, such an adverse, such a difficult situation to deal with as a child, and how his mother was able to tactilely stimulate by laying her hands on his stomach and on his body and with words nourish his mind and body to the point that his hunger pains went away, spoke to the spirituality of Dick Gregory. It's why we broke the book into body, mind, and spirit. Um, it spoke to just how spiritual he was, and it connects the dots directly back to where that came from. But what we, and a lot of the research that we did for this project, we talked to a lot of my dad's agents and attorneys at the height of his career in 62. He, as you know, he was the largest entertainer, black or white, in America. Right. And they would, they had just, you know, clear memories of Dick Gregory's um, awkward relationship with food. They would go out to some of the nicest restaurants in town after shows. He would order everything on the menu for the table. Then he would slide back and not eat a thing. It speaks about how what happens in our foundational years as children carries through for our lifetime. And that's why he always, I always say my dad was a spiritual trillionaire. He was a conduit for wealth and not just financial wealth, all wealth, knowledge, information. And it just flowed through him as he would tell you, don't tell me any secrets because I got friends too. Anything you share with well, Gregory, I, I, it, it went out to the world. Wait, wait, you a, minute, know, wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Well, we talked about this at the house. I, I don't. Yeah. I, I. But he just said something. Don't tell me any secrets. And <laughs> Dick and I would be walking uh, around the, the you know, rock. What is it? Rock. What park is it? Rock, rock Creek, Creek Park. park. And you know, I and, and hey, Dick, I'm thinking about joining this fraternity, so I'm not going to give it up. <laughs> and I did I? Oh, I'm I'm a member. Of, uh, yeah, whatever. And I said, you know, but uh, they, you know, they got all these secret handshakes. That they, oh, he said, let me hear. Here's the handshake. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I mentioned it on the air, <laughs> and really? I had a, a two or three people. Dick wouldn't do that. Dick wouldn't look, man. You think I'd lie on him? But he told you he was brutally honest about yeah, right, right, and, right. And Joe, Joe. Yeah. I sat in you know business negotiations with my dad where he would receive contracts, multi million dollar contracts, and they'd be confidential. Anything marked confidential, the first thing Dick Gregory did was get in the car and drive to Kinko's and make multiple copies of it. And every brother he passed in the street, here you go, my brother. Here you go. That, that was his life insurance policy. Don't give me nothing that no one else knows. And he said that. That was part of his show when he talked about dog tags. He was like, change all your would-be secrets, because if I get captured, I'm talking. you got to give me more to negotiate with than what's on these dog tags. So but let me you tell you, apply the, that to it's, life. A, it's all, and this is what's so fun. <laughs> it's in the book. 
I mean, and the thing is, this is not Christian Gregory and Joe Madison talking. This is Dick telling you. It's in In his own voice. In his own voice. I, 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 and and let me go bring up date. Christian Gregory was a big help when uh, I decided to do the hunger strike uh, when we were voting. And the first person I thought about was Dick Gregory. Should I or should not, should I do it or should I not do it? And it came to my mind, and I think I mentioned this to you, Christian, the the first thing I said to you, you know the first mistake I made? What was that? Dick wouldn't ask anybody. Not at all. He never asked for permission. Never asked for permission. As he said, when people said, Dick, you've been fasting for 60 years. What does your doctor think? He said, my doctor's Doctor's dead. dead. (laughs) (laughs) And what a blessing. No, really, really. And, and Christian was very helpful. I mean, Christian, because he, you, you went through this with him. I've been there. I've been been there. there. Boots on the ground, fasted for a lifetime and pointed out. And it's, it's very important. I do this for you and your audience. You know, medicinal fasting is profoundly different than a hunger strike. There's real risk that one, you know, assumes when they go on a hunger strike. And you were very clear on that. And, I, you know, I just for my own comfort as a healthcare provider wanted to drill down and be clear on your clarity. And to see you go through that, um, and, you know, it reminded me. It reminded me a lot of my, you know, sacrifice is something that people don't always recognize at the time. A lot of the flowers that Dick Gregory has been given later in life, people at the time thought, well, you know, you know, this man's crazy. And so a lot of times it is the, the forward-leaning, the agitators. Dick Gregory was a self-described agitator. And as he always said, if you remove the agitator from the washing machine, all you wind up with is dirty, wet draws. And so he was an agitator shaking up our minds. He's left us with so many seeds oh, that continue to agitate, continue to make us think, and realize that we can make a difference. One of the things, Christian, that um, he taught me, just in passing, just in passing, was, and he said this, and I can remember, I can hear his voice now. Joe, 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 yeah, yeah, Dick, yeah. Man, wake up in the morning and look at the rising sun most powerful thing in the universe and it doesn't make a sound doesn't make a sound he would say you want to see real power get up early in the morning and watch the sun rise and knock darkness out the sky and not make a sound and not make a sound and let me tell you every morning i do that i love it every morning i I, every morning every morning i uh sherry will tell you Right, I'm out the door every morning. I, she doesn't even know I'm gone sometimes. But every, sometimes, well, I leave you coffee. And <laughs> I leave, yeah. But every morning, because because of that one comment, and it was just a comment in passing. And that, but it sticks with you. So many of the most meaningful things that Dick Gregory's ever said has been just you know little blurbs in passing that you didn't always give your full attention at the time. But he always had his wisdom always had a boomerang effect. It would come back and hit you just when you're sitting and say, "Wait a minute, that was profound." He just dropped that on me as we were sitting here eating salad, and that was one of the most profound things I've ever heard. And so, yes, he was 
you know, we all know how much Dick Gregory talked. And Ayana, my sister Ayana, very lovingly pointed this out during last night's program. But it was the he would many times naturally fast for medicinal reasons from food, but he would also go on fast where he didn't speak. It would just be, you oh, know, yes. two or three weeks that he right. wouldn't say a word. Right. And you don't realize how much effort and energy it takes when we speak. And he would just recharge his batteries. Yes, my dad was 84 years old when he passed chronologically. Biologically, he was a good 124. There was a lot of miles on that mind, body, and soul for certain. And all of it was from being a soldier on the front line, taking the physical blows, financial blows, mental blows, all the blows life could throw at our people. He was out there, you know, like Velcro, trying to take those hits to protect the folks coming behind him. And he, he passed the baton to folks like yourself and a multitude of other leaders and visionaries and thinkers. And it's really going to take, you know, not reflex, but, you know, real conditioning and training to work our way out of the current situations that we mm-hmm. find ourselves in. But it's important. I was listening to Brother Crump earlier on your program. It's important to, and, and which was a great, it was a great segment. It's important as we fight and advocate. He did a great job pointing out how many things are not new. They were happening then. Mm-hmm. So it realizes now that we, we must know our history. We must understand our history, and by knowing it and understanding, it helps us to prevent this cycle from continuing to recurring. And that was one of the purposes of this book, to show people there is literally nothing new under the sun. I would love to tell my father's story through a historical lens. It is still ripped from the headlines. Everything in this book is sadly still topical because it just shows that we have a lot of work to do, but also shows we've made tremendous, we've covered tremendous ground and progress for the folks that came before and, and, and us. He addressed, have to carry on. And, and it's addressed in the book um, because here's the f- thing that frustrates me, and I get, I've gotten it for years, particularly from young people. This, uh, this, this argument: nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. You've, you struggled. <laughs> you did all of Go this. Go back. And Go man, back and experience what it was. Oh, Dick Gregory would. I, I mean, he, I'm, I, he'd curse you out. What are you yes, talking about? Absolutely. Now, Profound you might want to speak change. to that. You Profound might want to speak change. to change. Yeah. Yes. I mean, so after Charlottesville, my, so, um, so after Charlottesville, maybe about three months after Charlottesville, there was a, uh, you know, a white supremacy rally in Boston, which was home for us, Gregory. So originally, so my dad was in the hospital and we were watching it on, on the news. And he was kind of fading in and out of sleep. And he woke up and kind of tapped and he was talking real quiet at that point. He said, you know, you know what, Doc? And three, sadly, three people lost their life in Charlottesville. The young lady that was tragically killed when the white supremacist drove into the crowd. And then two Virginia state troopers who were responding to it and their helicopter went down and crashed. He said, you know what, Doc? You know what the difference between then and now is? First of all, We've gotten these Klansmen to take their sheets off. And he was just like, what a blessing it is for them not to be able to hide behind these sheets so we can see, hey, that's my professor. That's my doctor. That's my dentist. We can see who these folks are. But he said the biggest change is those two police officers, those two state troopers who sadly died, back then, they would have been coming to reinforce the hatred. He said they were coming to protect black folks then. And it's profoundly important to understand the change. Do we still have problems with policing in America? Of 
course, major problems. But, you know, there were whole police departments right. that went out hunting and lynching black folks um, as, as sport. So things have changed dramatically. And that doesn't mean take our foot off the gas. That means slow up enough to reassess because there may need to be changes in strategy. And for the folks who are, again, forward-leaning, to think of what's the next gear to move into as we continue to, you know, love, elevate, and liberate. And those are the, you know, those are the marching orders I got from my dad, not just when he was transitioning, but for my entire lifetime, loving and lovable, loving and lovable, elevate humanity, and liberate. The the book, The uh, Essential Dick Gregory, edited by uh, Christian Gregory, who we're going to spend, and, and we'll take some calls if you don't mind, people. Uh, do you have time, uh, Christian? I have plenty of time, Joe. Okay. Plenty of time. And by the way, uh, the book just, just came out yesterday, uh, number two. It's also available uh, in audio uh, book, and Joe Morton did a masterful job at, at it. Masterful. Uh, and, um, and, and, and again, it's, it, it's, not, it, it's, it's not the kind of book, at least I'm going to just tell you I read, where you got, oh, I better read the, from page one all the way through. This it's it's a collection of of interviews, comments, speeches, and and when you read it, and I didn't think about this until somebody mentioned uh, radioactive, and I think it was you. Yeah, it was you, Christian. You said it's in your work. It's in your voice. People yes. want to read, not what somebody necessarily wrote about you. They want to. They want to pick up that book, turn those pages, and hear your voice. And that's what you, we, you hear with the essential Dick Gregory. It's him. And no one, the Gregory, the Gregory family is very clear. Um, there's only one Dick Gregory. Um, none of us have ever tried to fill his shoes. All ten of our feet, we've never tried to put into his shoes. We've kept his shoes polished and clean and out there as an example to the world of how much sacrifice one human being can give. And so this book is clearly, you know, um, uh, I am not crazy enough to try to channel and say what Dick Gregory thinks about things. We, what we did is we took the direct transcription and even with the editing, it wasn't the final edits fell back to the core team to make sure it didn't change the voice or the intent of what my father intended. And it really, it's, it's just, and so as a result of that, since they were thought, some of the sections end kind of abruptly. And it, you'll see as you're going through it, like in life, Dick Gregory, you'd almost get whiplash in a conversation with him because he could pivot on a pinhead and go from talking about one thing completely to something else. And it might be a year before those dots connect for you and you realize the connection that he so vividly saw. So it is, it's designed for folks to go back and visit look at the table of content. A lot of this information was information the estate did not own. So we had to go out and license it from television interviews and, and newspaper interviews. It really is just, it's a breathtaking 30,000 feet up, look down on a life that was bigger than life. And it will take, you know, the rest of my lifetime, I'll be trying to refine and tell this man's story. And not just as his son, because I don't feel what I do is not just I'm doing this because he's my dad. I'm doing this because you know, I had a front row seat yeah. just to an icon. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, and so that dad or not, this is, you know, I'm a, 
I'm a fan, I'm a follower, I'm an admirer, and I'm in awe of. And that's what motivates me to do the work that I do for the estate. And I know how many other people share those feelings. So we're going to keep it coming. we got a biopic that's rolling out soon. We have another documentary. We're going to meet the people where they're at, like Dick would always do. Yeah. Uh, Let's do this. 1-866-801-8255. And... Uh, you, you know, I, I got to tell you, I've been doing this so long that I, I not one call has come in. And I'm going to tell you why. Number one, I didn't ask for him. But number two, I learned this with Alex Haley years ago when I interviewed him. I, I did a two-hour interview with him. Never got one call. You know why? People were listening. This is this. Let me tell you. This this is why I always say talk radio is really listening radio. It and, really is. And Christian Gregory has, uh, <laughs> Christian is telling you what the story. And you know what? You don't dare interrupt. How are you going to interrupt? Uh, so, you know, so now, now you get a chance to call in. I'm going to take a break. 1-866-801-8255. You know, Christian, we were talking about, man, the two of us could sit down <laughs> and just turn on the camera. <laughs> Endless. Oh, Endless. my God. And and Endless. I end up, he'd tell me things I didn't know, of course, because his son. <laughs> and vice versa. And I'd have to tell, well, you know, wait a minute, your dad didn't tell you everything. <laughs> but, <laughs> he, always kept, he always kept some nuggets. Yeah, always some nuggets. Wanna, he didn't want to overwhelm you. 1-866-801-8255. Um, and we, we, we let me take a, a pause here, and this would be a good time if you have any questions, uh, comments, grab a line. Uh, we'll, we'll, we, we got time, so he's going to give us, if we'll take this as long as the calls are here, we'll take the calls. The book is titled The Essential Dick Gregory, edit, edited by Christian Gregory, and I, and I, and I will say this, a little self-promotion. We talked about this. Uh, it'd be a, a good, a, a good coupling, uh, radioactive. Because Dick is, man. I, I went to the index, and I'm thinking he's all in this book, in my book too. Uh, but um, yeah, you know the the lives, you know the lives cross patterns. They they cro- we crossed each other's lives, and for that I will always. Oh yeah, I'm looking at. One, two, three, four, five, six. yeah, and Lil, and and we, and 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 you know we, and we really have to also talk a little bit, if you don't mind, about Lillian Gregory. I'd love to. Right after this, what is the difference in a Mississippi cop not looking for a race ride, and a Northern police not looking for a dope pusher or a bookie? It's two police that didn't do their duty. Now, where, where, where do you distinguish the difference? You can't inject race first because you're dealing with police. There's two cops that didn't do their work. This is the primary thing. What's the difference in General Walker going to Mississippi, raising all this hell, when 15 years ago, as a general, the Army paid him top dollar to keep a segregated Army, and then he go down to Mississippi and do it free, and they say he's crazy. You know, Christian Gregory, who is the uh, edit, who edited the book, we're talking about the essential Dick Gregory. It's it, it's that just that clip right there, just so much. you know is, and it's just what made Dick unique. 
that just how clear the clarity so, of his yeah. mind. Like he said about the Edmund Pettus Bridge, that clip. Daryl, play that again. That was the one. You you know you wouldn't dare name a a bridge in Germany after a not even Nazi. An option. It's not even an option. Thank you, but you know, and 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 then of course when you bring it up now, it's like I don't know people. Uh, people don't hear it. You got it, Daryl. Play, play it. L- listen to this and uh, go ahead. Dick Gregory. Can you imagine a Jew finding out that a, a major bridge in Nazi Germany, where something happened to Jews, named after a a a, 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 a thug general Nazi hooked up to own kind of filth and there's a debate about if we all go on and bait if you want it. Don't make no difference. It, 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 the, the thing is one just the viciously that even when you know about it, you say keep it the yeah. same. Yeah. <laughs> keep it the same. And that that's that's what hits me. Even, Unreal. even when you know about it, you argue keep it the same. There were certain conversations, as you know, Joe, there were certain things he just simply didn't even didn't engage because it was it was beneath him. And anything that was beneath him, he felt was really beneath his people, beneath black folks. Certain things they are not there. There is no debate. It's just an absolute fact that this these things would not happen. We don't even have to, like, think about it in theory. We know for a fact it would not happen. It would be that appalling, that unacceptable, similar to his position on white cops killing black children. And so we don't even need to think about it. He would say, have you ever heard of a black cop going out and killing white children? The reason he knows society, white folks would not accept it, we have to rise that standard, raise that standard for ourselves, and realize these things would simply, that would not, are not acceptable. Uh, And and let me say this, and then I'll go right to the phones. Uh, And I made a note during the break, and this is, uh, and I was thinking about sometimes how I do talk radio and people are very critical and uh, you're so mean and rough and tough. Uh, As I was reading certain interviews, and and then as I as we I remember the uh, some of the younger comedians talking about meeting Dick for the first time or having not meeting him, but having conversations with him. Dick could be rough. Yeah, absolutely. Some of the best professors you ever had were rough because agitation. Sometimes there's a fine line between anger and passion. And if Dick Gregory really had love for you and love is speaking of upcoming you know, activists or entertainers, comedians, um, as Kevin Hart so clearly put in the documentary, you know, my dad really laid into him, but it was with love. It was with, I think you can be a, a conduit. You can break through. You have already broken through as an entertainer. Now, if you tie that activism and spirituality piece, and it doesn't have to happen when everyone else wants it to happen. It has to happen. Dick Gregory made the decision when he was ready for it. He wasn't, you know, when he went down to Mississippi, he wasn't forced to. It was what he felt in his heart. And if you make the change for anything other than that, it's a mistake. And so he could be very, very, I mean, we, we called it a baptism. So he would <laughs> baptize folks and lay into them. And it was, it was a blessing. You know, it was one of those yeah. things that I look back, and even some of the clips I see online, the, to listen to the message more than getting caught up in the tone right. is profound. And he always, no matter how hard he went on some of these folks, he always ended it 
you know, I say this because I love you. I say this, you yeah. know, love to you and the family. It was always rooted not in hatred, right. but in passion and ended in love. And at the end of the day, sometimes we get too caught up on tone and not as much focus on content. And so, yeah. um, um, you know, the, the tone of this book, because it's a book, and even, you know, Joe Morton with his very talented um, um, self, yeah. he's able to put the tone on what he embodies as Dick Gregory. But as you read it, you'll read it in the cadence and tone that Dick Gregory was. I mean, he was omnipresent. He was speaking for 60 years of his lifetime with a camera and mic in front of him. So there's just so much there. And every word of this, we have the audio for. So for any of the folks that might say, well, Dick didn't say that. Well, you know, call in. We'll gladly play the audio clip. That's right. (laughs) Hey, James from South Carolina. Now, if everybody can get right to your point, we can get all, I think we can get most of the calls in. So a lot of calls. So go ahead, James. Yeah, first of all, Christian, I'd like to uh, applaud you for uh, carrying on the work of uh, Dick, who is a great uh, human human. Uh, the other thing I wanted to make real quick was the fact that, uh, to your point about him being quick and being in a conversation with him, yeah, I would never want to meet that guy and have a conversation because he could pivot from one point to another <laughs> and kick your ass in a New York minute, and you wouldn't even know what hit you. Have a good day. Uh, okay. Right, thank you, James. Uh, <laughs> thank you, James. Uh, I, I love hey, it. Leroy from Georgia. Go ahead, Leroy. You're on with Christian Gregory. The book is The Essential Dick Gregory, edited by our guest Christian Gregory. Thank you so much for taking my call, Mr. Madison. Good morning to you and to Dr. Gregory. I met Dick Gregory in Savannah, Georgia, and as a young lawyer, he didn't say it directly to me, but but he expanded my mind to understand the difference between revolutionary America and constitutional America, which we we tend to confuse because they are totally different and many in many ways antagonistic. I can't wait to buy the book. I want to thank you for all your effort in putting it together. Thank you very much for taking a call. Thank you. I appreciate thank it. You, thank uh, you, Leroy. Thank you, Leroy. Stacy, South Carolina. Forty. Go ahead, Stacy. You're on with uh, Christian Gregory. Good, good morning, Dr. Gregory and uh, Mr. Madison. Good morning. I was calling, good morning. I was calling just to say, man, that, that your dad had been such an inspiration in my life. Just just reading and looking at the YouTube clips and just really trying to dig deep and understand who he is. He has really opened my life up to, to, to a different perspective and making me a young revolutionary in a sense of how I look at life. And just speaking on one point is uh, the point when I watched one clip, when he talked about your grandmother pinching his ear at the table, that story right there about him pinching his ear and he turned around yeah. and said, what? And, 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 and called her out her name, but he was like, well, I, I hear my daddy calling you that in the room. Oh, I remember that. Was just that. One, that was just one little story. And, and Mr. Madison, last year when you went on your hunger strike, it, it was it – was, I, I was just thinking about on Forrest Gump when he did that run. Where did they get that from? Uh, yeah, that cross-country <laughs> run. That's right. That. We that. talked about that, and I kind of planted – I think I planted that seed in your head in a sense, and it didn't take much. Right before the hunger strike, we talked about well, that. Well, you are, you, you are, you sure taking a lot of credit there, bro. No, I'm teasing you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, I, I, love I, it. I remember the, you know, we're, we're all inspired by, by people who do, un, you know, as, as, um, as Christian said, 
things out of the norm. You know, yes, and, and, right. and and the thing that I, I look, I, I always remember Dick would go, uh, we'd be, we were, when we were doing the South Sudan thing and we, he decided a hunger strike and he, you know, he didn't ask and he never asked for anybody to do it with him. You never. had to make that individual decision. And, 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 and I always remember the one thing that kept me going, Christian, is he didn't care what anybody else thought. At all. And and I think that's the other thing I get out of the book. He talks what he it's I don't this isn't about he had he didn't have an organization. Not at all. He didn't have Not National Action Network. He didn't have the NAACP. He didn't have the Southern Christian leadership. And that's the other thing I get out of the book. He was always about what the individual does. Yes. It, it is a practitioner. It? Yeah. It's like, you know, like the mantra I asked, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do? Because everybody can do something. And collectively, that is impactful. That is what a revolution is. I mean, evolution, revolution is an extension of evolution. And that's what it is. Everyone doing their part, big or small. Right. But the energy, Dick Gregory was a a channel of energy, frequency, vibration, and just listen to the calls that are coming in and hearing everyone with their little story of how Dick Gregory pivoted and changed them. And at the end of the day, as far as Dick Gregory's legacy, it's not about, you know, getting his name on, you know, on roads and buildings. Right. He was never about that. And I'm not for people who want to do that. Great. I'm not, I'm not saying, but the, the, will, the impact is, taking the lessons and applying them to our own life, health and well-being, taking care of the marginalized. I mean, all of the things he advocated for, more than his name being repeated, he wants his his energy, his causes, again, elevating humanity collectively. Yeah, and it's it's all in these different chapters. Uh, And as you were talking, you remember the campaign we went to get the name on the Walk of Fame? And yes, and, and yes. we sat there, a group of, let's do it. And he said. And it was done. It, but he, his attitude was, oh, okay, good. <laughs> yeah, y'all do that. Is that <laughs> what y'all want to do? Y'all know, want, like, that, like if, that, that's a, if that's what y'all want to do, <laughs> go ahead. You know. Hey, it's so, like if something was ever brought to the table that he didn't like and someone said, ooh, that's good. He said, you like it? You eat it. And so he was off. <laughs> <laughs> He was always very clear. Oh, man. Uh, Sally from Illinois. Hey, Sally, go ahead with Christian Gregory. The book is The Essential Dick Gregory. Out, by the way, you can order it right now, folks. Go ahead, uh, Sally. And I am actually, I'm definitely going to do it. So good morning, Mr. Madison. Good morning, Dr. Gregory. I just want to, morning, I was Sally. Asleep, but I was 21 years old in 2001, and I was on an airplane, well, waiting for my plane, and we were actually Mr. Gregory and I were actually getting on the same plane. And so I was just sitting there and I was looking and I said, wait a minute, I think that's Dick Gregory. I didn't want to say anything because, like, I'm a fan, you know, my fan, you know, my mom and my, you know, my parents, they always talked about them and, you know, rich history, but I didn't want to say anything. But I said, okay, I have to say something because this is like a celebrity to me. And so, of course, back at that time, we didn't have camera phones. Okay, all right, now we got to get going because I got some other folk now, real quick. 
And he told me, he, it was like he was a psychic. So I got so caught up in him telling me about my different relationships and interactions with people, I forgot to get an autograph. Thank you. No, thank you. Experience, the yeah. experience you just is way more than an autograph. So yeah. I'm so hey, happy hey, to hear that exactly story. Right. Yeah. Now, hey, hey, and and people think I'm crazy, but you know this is true too. It, uh, you think about going through the airport. Dick would buy <laughs> 10, 12 newspapers per flight. Every city, he'd get uh, uh, and per flight, per flight, absolutely. <laughs> And, and now, did he ever get used to using, and it is on the back of the book, the photograph, uh, using the uh, handheld devices? Never. So he didn't trust them. So you'll see. So my dad, uh, sometimes he'd have $3,000 a month calling cards. He had one of those one eight hundred eighteen t numbers. And when cell phones became, when cell phones were, I'm sorry, when pay phones were no longer available, he was forced to get a phone, so he did have a smartphone. He didn't think it was all that smart, and he hated the fact that on his iPhone he couldn't remove the battery. So he would always keep it off. He would turn it on solely to make a call and then power it back off. And my mom hated it because she was like, well, what good is it having a phone if I can never call you on it? And so the, the, the – and you touched on this a moment ago, Joe. The love affair of Dick was, and Lillian Gregory. I was Gregory just going to bring that up. I, yeah. I mean, and that's really this book dedicated to my mom. But thinking about she was the grand central of his, you know, the yep. nucleus of his operation. And so when he had to finally break down and get a smartphone, he definitely didn't find it all that smart. And, you know, our elders are different. I, I did a lot uh, of work I'm with one of them. Tyson. <laughs> Is that just, you know, shit, Miss Tyson could have, Five different text conversations going on at the same time. Dick Gregory just wanted nothing to let me make this call, then let me power it off. And so uh, he got his news through newspapers, Joe, as you know. Yep, yep. And I got got into the habit, emulating him, emulating him. And uh, uh, now, but you know what, when you think of, and I don't want to speak for Sherry, but I think I would be right. Sherry, uh, Lil is as much a role model for Sherry as Dick was for was for me. Absolutely, absolutely. I, can see that. I mean, if if I could say that, but I admired her graciousness, her sense of organization, her strong sense of family that never wavered. And never I mean, wavered. there's just so much to admire of this woman. That's the next book. Yeah, and, yeah. I, I and mean, it's really, already in, it's already in motion. It, it, it's just amazing if you want. Let me tell you, because he wouldn't pick up the cell phone. If I needed Dick to get a hold of Dick Gregory, I call Lil. Only way. That's the, the only, only way. way. Now I say this: Don't y'all be calling Sherry trying to get. <laughs> <laughs> you mean more than they do? More okay. than they do. All right. I'm yeah. just, I got. Now, I mean, I remember we talked about airlines. I first met Sherry. Uh, you know, for you know. Seeing to it that my dad and his perpetual motion on flights um, was protected. Whenever he had a problem, whenever he needed something straightened out, that was the Sherry I knew. I said, Sherry's the, you know, she was, she was, she was as much as the the Lillian Gregory for Dick Gregory in his flights and travels. So that this relationship predates 
Yeah. Um, you know, me even moving to D.C., quite honestly. And so the whole there was and I'll say this very briefly. After my dad passed away, there was a very high ranking Delta airline employee that said to me, pulled me aside and said, we had a special code word for your dad because we knew he was habitually late for his flight. <laughs> so whenever we saw him on the manifest, we would start doing things to slow down the boarding process. <laughs> things like closing the gate, because technically if only one person was there and they closed the door to go to the bathroom, right. they have to stop the boarding process. So he said, we would drag things out to allow more I'm, time for yeah. Mr. Gregory to make his, I said, just think of that love, that admiration, right. that power. And just, I hear so many stories like that. And like your callers yeah. calling in, it's just so moving right. and, and, and uplifting. You know, we all lose our, if the life yeah. cycle does what it's supposed to do, we lose our parents, but it has been just yeah. so uplifting and heartwarming for all of these stories. That yeah. constantly fine, come. Fi- I'll never get tired fine, of it. Fine, final call. Ed, I got less than a minute and a half. You're calling from California. Real quick, Ed. I, okay. Uh, I've got memorabilia. I've got plaques that were given to Mr. Gregory, the dad. Uh, uh, and I found you're listening to the them. radio. And Turn the, I'm, 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 I'm sorry. I found them in in uh, New Hampshire. All right. Okay. Here's I what would, I would suggest. Um, share the information with Joe and contact yeah, me directly. Send, send the information to us, and I'll pass it on uh, to Christian. Thank you, Ed. Thank you, Ed. Okay. Yeah, that's all. All right. I got you. All right, and and I'll just pass on the the contact information. Hey, so hey Christian, always a pleasure. My, always a pleasure. My pleasure. Appreciate it. The essential Dick Gregory, edited by uh, Christian Gregory, uh, and let's end by simply saying, you know, happy birthday, Dick. Happy hey. birthday. I'd sing, but I'm not the singer in the family, so I'll simply say, happy birthday. Love you, Pop. All right, man. Thank you so much. Thank uh, you, Joe. Love to the Madisons. Joe, Sherry, thank you all for what you do. God bless. And thank you, uh, 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 Sam. Appreciate it. A lot of phone calls. Sorry we couldn't get to everybody. Um, And once again, um, the book is The Essential Dick Gregory. And I got a lot of Dick Gregory in my book, Radioactive. Love you all. You can listen to yours truly, Madison, the Black Eagle, live every Monday through Friday on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.